Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hey, guys, it's Lisa and Katie. Welcome to 90 Day Disasters. We're back. Sorry, it's been like a year, a calendar (laughs) year. (laughs) And that is primarily my fault. I will take ownership of that. It's actually completely your fault. It's 100% (laughs) my fault. And I apologize for that. Work has gotten in the way of my life, but I am caught up on before the 90 days. So we're just going to kind of discuss what's happened this season. Free flow. Free flow, because it doesn't make sense to pick each episode apart since you guys are so far ahead. Yeah, it's going to be free association. So, you know, I say, you know, name a character. And then we just go and then we And then you say asshole or something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the way we're going to free flow it today, guys. What couple should we start with? Um, let's start with like the easiest, lamest one, um, Caesar. Oh, God. Because he's a throwaway. Like, it's, so... it's such a throwaway. It's a classic catfish. Although, I have to say, to be fair, I think it's authentically a catfish. Well, I don't know that it's a catfish because a catfish is usually where they've they're ta- he's talking to he's getting pictures of somebody but it's not who he's actually talking to. I think that could totally be what's happening here. But see, I think he's actually talking to the woman and she's gorgeous and beautiful and she just is not interested. She just wants to take his money. It's possible. I mean, one thing that I noticed is that when she would send him videos, like with previous pathetic people, and I'm thinking specifically of Ricky, the like portly Latino guy. Oh, God, I don't know yeah, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, remember was he Ricky. like he was he was Latino, right? Yeah, he, and he had a daughter. He had like a twelve year old. He had a really cute daughter who was, who was way more intelligent than he was. Yes. And um yeah. he had one where every time they video chatted, like it basically just wouldn't work. It wouldn't go through. There would be this right. weird like gif on a loop. And then in this case, I noticed when Caesar would talk to whatever her Maria. name is, Maria, she would never say his name. So I started thinking, oh, she's sending the same video messages oh. to the 50 guys that she's it's possible. working on. But, but it, I, it still might be a catfish. I have to it say it. still might be. I but... don't think it would be that hard to find that of someone. No. You know what I mean? It's... But the thing that gets me is, like, I get that he has invested a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of emotion in this person. It's pure sunk costs, in my opinion. It is. That's keeping him going. But it's like, come on. Like, she totally broke up with you and ditched you in the one opportunity to go to freaking Mexico. And he's still interested in, like, maintaining a relationship with her. Like, and and the thing that, you know, I have, I, I was starting to feel very sympathetic towards him and feel bad for him and be like, oh, this poor guy is such a nice guy. But the reality is he's such a shallow fucking guy. Like, find somebody else that's, but he has to find the supermodel in the Ukraine. Like, she's beautiful. She's totally gorgeous. And maybe she's super kind too, but she treated him like a jerk. And, like, all she cares about is his money. And the fact that he's still so in love with her, it's just because she's beautiful. And it's, like, he's so freaking shallow that I kind of feel like you deserve what you get. I agree. Go for somebody, like, who's an actual normal nice person. He is a nice guy, seemingly. 
he could probably find a nice girl who is attractive. I mean, he's not unattractive. Like, he could find a girl. But the fact that he has all of his eggs in this one basket, and it's such a freaking shallow basket, that I kind of don't feel sorry for him. I'm kind of like, well, hey, whatever. You made your bed. I agree. And I also think that along the same vein, it draws sort of into harsh relief the fact that when these things happen when we see these things on this show where it's clearly you know someone's getting played it's very easy to fall into the trap of just thinking oh you're the victim and you're getting played right. and you stop thinking about the role that the quote-unquote victim is playing here yeah, and it's he's like, definitely playing a role it's like colty yeah like they're they're Come they're on, willingly please. going into this trap with just there's nothing redeeming about larissa that's her name right Larissa from yes. Colt, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no... She's totally, like, crazy, wild, whatever. There's such a language barrier, so it's not like they're totally communicating on some deep level. Yeah. And what are you really attracted to? You're attracted to the fact that she's a hot girl. Yeah, I agree. It's super, super shallow, and then they're all disappointed when it doesn't work out, and they're shocked, and there's such a desperation in making sure it works out that I just, I don't, I don't feel sorry for Caesar. Like I was feeling like, oh my God, that's heartbreaking. But at the same time, I'm like, whatever Caesar. It's not like you're a supermodel. Well, I will say of Caesar, it was an unfortunate turn of events that it was basically his fault that the ticket got canceled. Cause I think that he had something he can hang his hat on versus if she had just not shown up, which by the way, I think she would have just not shown up right. if the ticket hadn't gotten canceled. <laughs> it's like, unfortunately, she has this excuse. Now, she, right. to her credit, isn't really making the excuse. She's just breaking up with him. So she's not actually hanging she's her head like, on it's that herself. too hard. Because she really, she's gotten $40,000 from her. She knows it's all she's going to get. Like, if he's, because he's sort of bounced the check to the airline, mm-hmm. she knows, or whatever, the credit his, card. His she knows bank that, account has yeah, run dry. She's sucked him dry. So, and her coming to see him now what's that going to do it's just going to be one of those disappointing situations like Colt and Larissa where it's like he's painted this picture that he's like amazing and wealthy or and has giant croissants yeah (laughs) his croissant is not that big so he gave this like I this this sort of hope or promise of like a fabulous life. I mean, they're both getting what they want out of it, right? It's like the totally wealthy old guy with the totally young 20-year-old beautiful supermodel girl. She's getting what she wants. She's getting the stable, comfortable lifestyle and he's getting what he wants. A hot chick, right? I don't think Caesar got what he wanted in this situation. I think it was constantly No, because they never met. And she was never going to meet him. No. So she really did victimize him. So I don't want to lose sight of that either. I think she's a monster. For victimizing him and God knows how many other, she is, I'm sure she adults. is. But the real, but the reality is, you can't victimize somebody like Caesar unless you look like her and you just. So. I mean, but but it's like, you're use it's, you're playing on, if if guys weren't so shallow and stupid, like what makes a guy like Caesar think that he can get a girl like. Like, a beautiful hot No, no, and that's my whole point here. I'm not by any means downplaying the part that he's playing in this. I would go so far as to say that he's playing a 50% role in this. But she, the part that she played is nasty. No, it's It's true. It's just nasty. She stole from him. She stole money from this poor man in the United States who willingly gave it to her because he's a moron and he's shallow and he's all the things that we're Right, right. No, you're right, you're right. You're, they're but both... We can't, I mean, she's a monster. She, they're both... And she's probably doing this to 50 guys. Of course. And who knows if she's not doing it to even more vulnerable guys right. than he 
you know? Right. You know, it's interesting. I was just, I was listening to this. I don't know why this kind of just kind of popped into my head, but it was this whole, I was listening to Whitney Cummings, you know, that yeah. comedian. And she was on Bitch Sesh. Did you hear that one? Not yet. I'm way behind on Bitch Sesh. So she was talking about how the Me Too movement, right? And how she's all like about empowering women and everything. But she can't really do her show in Vegas. Because the women, the showgirls, the strippers, the people at the Bunny Ranch, whatever. They're like, you're taking away our income stream. Like if we didn't, if we weren't able to strip or to be dancers or show or whatever, if we were never to, if we weren't able to exploit that which the Me Too movement wants to distinguish, distinguish, extinguish, we, or extinguish, we wouldn't be able to have careers or have an income stream. And that's what makes things so nuanced. You know, it's, it's hard very when you try difficult. to you try to paint things with a broad brush, but. You know, there is a subset, I think, of women who are not particularly vulnerable, who are exploiting the male, let's call it, weaknesses and right. the shallowness and right. this and that and this fantasy that men have. And you don't want to and it's throw the baby out of the bathwater. Exactly. Yeah. For them, they're like, this is empowerment for us, that we have this kind of power. You may think it's power because the guy has, has the dollars. perception of having power because he's wealthy, but the women are the ones that have the power. And in this situation with Caesar, it's very clear. She's got the power because she's got the body and the face or whatever. But so I agree. I understand what you're saying. And I do agree. They're both at fault for sure. Yeah. But I don't have the sympathy that I had for Caesar when I first started watching it. I kind of felt I like, agree. I agree. you know what, what makes you think? So anyway, what's annoying about him is that now he's trying to like, like she broke up with him. And he's still trying to be like, she's still not responding to me. Well, I think he figured out she was never going to come meet him. So he's like, okay, so new game plan. I'm going to go to her and I'm going to like hunt her down in the Ukraine. And I don't think we're going to follow him anymore. I mean, I think that. Yeah, I think it's going to be done. Well, I think at this point now, it's just like, now you're just putting yourself in a victim role. You're making yourself a victim because honestly, if she's not going to be willing to come and see you when you paid for a ticket for her. How welcoming and op- with open arms is she going to be to you coming he, to her country? He literally will not be able to find her. He's like I mean, a stalker. Yeah, at this point he's becoming a stalker. And he's not interesting and there's no relationship. And he's going to be totally disappointed again and cry about it again when he's... I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to be able to scrape the money together. Sorry about that um, awkward pause, you guys. But we did want to move on to Darcy and Tom, oh who, you know, weirdly, I and maybe I'm just a sucker even after all these years of reality television, but I actually think that their storyline is real. Yeah, I think it's real. Which is, I mean, and there are so many aspects to it that are just like off the charts odd. Like no, nothing has blown my mind more in the last, I'd say, year of watching television than watching Tom and his sister oh, yeah. salsa dance and speak Spanish to it's each other. very odd. It came out of nowhere. It did. They it live did. in England. You know, I lived in England for a year. It's not like a common thing for British people to speak Spanish. Like, just so you guys know, PSA, that's not a thing. So <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They're, they're an odd, they're, it's, I actually like, Tom and his sister's relationship. I do I too. I think sweet. it's beautiful. I think his her the sister's relationship with her partner is really sweet. So cute. They're and so I also, cute. I think the sister was like putting on this like 
you know, tough exterior at maybe for the show or just because it's her, it's part of her like shtick with her brother, mm-hmm. but that she's actually a really sweet person underneath it because the way she responded to Darcy's yeah. little meltdown. You know, meltdown was was with so much empathy and caring mm-hmm. and not walking away from it thinking, wow, this is such a desperate woman and how pathetic, but like really feeling for her and trying to legitimately help her move her relationship along by giving her own unique perspective on Tom. You yeah. know, I was, I just really, really loved the sister yeah. after that. At first I thought she was nasty and I'm sure we all did. But like I said, I think that that was really just for show. I think so too. And I think that's kind of their banter. That's yes. kind of the way they, and she's so used to some bimbo being on his sh- shoulder. And, and him, Darcy looks like a bimbo. Right. And, and, and she's used to not only a bimbo being there, but like not really being very invested in Tom and Tom not being very invested in the bimbo. Well, he admitted he like brings them around the sister just so she'll basically break up with her for right. him. Which right. Which is pathetic. But, and Darcy called him on it. She's like, so you're using your sister as a crutch to get out of bad relationships. He's right. like, yep. Yep. <laughs> and which he admitted it. So good for him. I, so I was very team Tom for much of the season. Um, and I was really, gosh, Darcy is so pathetic. And so I feel so bad for her. She's just so... Actually, I forgot. You and I really disagree about this. I know, because yeah. she's just so desperate. I just feel like... Yeah, but like... where do you think that's coming from? If it's genuine desperation, isn't that sad? Isn't that something to be pitied and empathized with? It's, it's sad. It's genuine desperation. No, I know it's genuine desperation, but she's... But... It's not petty. It's like this deep-seated but the loneliness thing that makes fear. Me, but it's the same way, the same thing about Caesar. No, no. Because no. then they go... Because who does she go for? The 24-year-old. Yeah, but now she's going after Tom, who's a graying, chubby, you know. Yeah, but that's not the persona she saw in the pictures. Yeah, but she's completely head over heels for him as he actually is. Well, now, because she's so desperate. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying, your point is moved. She's not I going after so. the hottie McDottie anymore. I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. I guess that makes sense. I just feel like, but I she feel like. She wants a partner. She genuinely she wants, wants a, partner, a partner, but she's also in severe competition with her sister. Because they're twins and there's the whole weird twin thing. But you know? the twin is like engaged to another like And she's with idiot. a young hottie McDottie. Who is such a. God. Florian. I don't the know, whole Tom seemed to really connect with Florian, which I thought was, like, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're like, oh, we got these crazy girls on our hands, but not in, like, a super chauvinistic way. I, I liked it. I think that Tom and Darcy's... The thing that bothered me about Tom is I don't think he's genuinely into Darcy. I think he is. I don't think so. And but I, I think she scares him because of how desperate she is. And I think that he's not... I think he likes her. I think he's like, you know, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's at, well, certainly not as into her as she is into him. He's falling for her. She has fallen for him. That's the dynamic. Yeah, maybe that's it. But I just felt like, because he was. she wants them to be at the same place at the same time. And they're not. And it drives her crazy. But I think it was so like, what a manipulative, shitty thing to say. To be like, if we hadn't gone to Albania, we would have been in. We'd be engaged. We'd be engaged. Yeah. That was his absolute lowest moment. Because I don't think that's true, A. Uh-huh. And it was such a like a shitty, like, I know you already feel bad that we were in Albania, but I'm going to make you feel even worse. I think it was a weak moment where he was just bitter that his like great vacation had been ruined and that he'd had been forced to face the reality of who she really was and with her her kind of sore spots like and he was sort of taking out that frustration on her which I'm sorry but we all do like yeah. I, you know when I'm disappointed in my husband yeah. and I'm like wow 
this is who I'm married to, that you did X thing, and it's usually not that yeah. serious, I will snap at him, right? right. Whether it's for serious or less serious. No, it's true. And that's all he was doing. He was just snapping at her. But he was hitting her so far below her belt. Yeah. That it's it, to us, knowing as much as we do about her. Yeah. Frankly, we probably know more about her than she does. Than he does. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was way, way beyond the pale. But I think okay. it was just a weak moment for him. I don't think it was representative of who he was or how he feels about her. I just feel sad that her daughters will probably watch this. Oh, that's a rough cut. I mean, her daughters, come on. If they're not in therapy, then... They should be. Um, and then I also feel like, is he, if he's a successful businessman or successful at whatever it is he's doing in London, is he going to move to, the, to Connecticut? Well, they haven't specified what he actually does, so... We just have no clue, you know, and they probably haven't specified what he does because it is not easily transferable to the state. So then what's going to happen? Like, yeah, she can't move there because she's in custody with her kids in America. So so. let's, let's like, let's go forward with this. He proposes to her, she gets an engagement and then what? Then she's going to, she's going to be one of those people that I know these people. I've met these people. I'm probably related to some of these people. Do they wear funny hats? (laughs) No, but they do this. They, like, berate their boyfriend, and they wear him down until he's finally like, okay, fine, and he proposes. And then they wear the fiancé down until he's like, fine, let's plan the wedding and get married. And then they continue to go. The next step is, okay, when are we going to have kids? They have one kid. And then it's, when are we going to have another kid? And then it's, when are we going to buy a house? When are we? And it's constantly, like, the guy is constantly responding to being harassed into make into agreeing basically Mm -hmm. and it's like the girl has this like they're so desperate for like the next step first it's going to be let's get let's get engaged so she's going to get the engagement then it's okay well when are we going to have the wedding yeah and then when are we going to where are we going to live where are we going to buy the house obviously who they are but it's so like i feel like those are the people that come and see me Oh, they get divorced. I mean, yeah. Because at some point, they're like, you need to, we just need to be able to live our lives, and it can't always be about what's next. And it's not, I don't even know that it's really what Darcy wants. It's all, it feels very keeping up with her sister. But her sister's apparently going to be engaged for life, so I know, they won't get any, anywhere past that. No, I know, step. but it just seems like very competitive. Like, why do you want this so desperately? Like, and if you really want just a life partner, can't you find somebody in Connecticut? Like, why are well, you? Well, I think she to did, and they got divorced. Yeah. So but... the question is, is she healthy enough emotionally as an individual to ever have a healthy partnership? I bet the answer is no. She needs to be in therapy. But it's not specific to Tom. No, it's not. Know? I actually like Tom because he seems to be more like grounding for her. Like he's kind of like, you were the one making a crazy ass of yourself. Yeah. And I, I But actually, he says it kindly. You know, he does it in a very British like way. Like Jesse was nasty to her. Jesse, Jesse was, putting was her nasty. Down all the time. He was younger. He was more immature. You're right. I think Tom does it in a much more British way. Um, he's much kinder about it. He's respectful. But what I love about it is that, you know, hopefully, I don't think she can see it for what it is, but hopefully she'll eventually understand that she's part of, she's the problem. She's definitely the problem. So she needs to like adjust the way she reacts to things because it's just going to keep driving people away. I, I have to be honest with you. I think she knows that she's the problem and she just has, she's so deep in it. 
she's just she's like a crab in a bucket you know yeah. she just cannot claw her way out yeah. of her own issues and that's why i'm so sad for her that's why i feel so sorry for her yeah that's why i say like the desperation is genuine it's like someone who is dying yeah you know and is just looking for that next breath or that yeah. next sip of water and she doesn't know where it's going to come from and she's mm -hmm. terrified like, I, I don't know what happened to her in her life that made her this way if it was her ex-husband or if it was some weird parenting thing or if it's just her personality but I feel so sorry for her because I think she's a, a warm kind decent human being who is just so broken and well, we're she's just watching very it, broken. You know? I mean, we're she's her so insecure and she's so superficial you should be empathizing with her as a much more secure woman in a much more successful partnership yeah. not like shoulda woulda coulda but like what i'm trying to do i should say i should i, I should know. point at myself i really really empathize with her because i can't imagine what it would be like living inside her head that is a scary scary place i've got my own problems you know no, i've I got know, my own fears I know. and they well, get so me I'm down saying she needs therapy she and needs she somebody is, to she's drowning she need well and that's what, what i really she doesn't need a boyfriend she needs a therapist is your point you're right <laughs> but part of what i did like about jesse the one part i did like about him and kind of tom too is like you don't need all the makeup and all yeah. that you don't need to have your they build her up to some extent yeah because they're like you don't need to have all the makeup you don't need to have your boobs Pouring out of everything you wear. Yeah, her outfits are crazy. You don't need to have all of the, the the heels that make you 10 feet taller. Like, you don't need all of that stuff to be a beautiful human being. Like, you're beautiful without it. She is beautiful. And so that's the problem. That's what I liked about Jesse, yeah. And that's what I like about Tom to an extent is like, why are you putting so much effort into the... And the guys are saying, why are you putting so much effort into looking so whatever, made up or whatever, when we don't care? Yeah. You know? Well, and she was she admitted she was wearing the heels for her sister. Well, that was a competition you know, thing. Was yeah, a competition it was crazy. Thing. Anyway, so I think he's going to eventually end up proposing to her, which I think is crazy. But Agreed. Whatever. Well, and this is something that bothers me, too, because allegedly, she, at least she claims he already got her some huge diamond, which that would be a pretty big step, especially for someone that you've never met. So I don't know if that was true or if she bought herself the diamond. And I think that's what Jesse came out and said yeah. on social media, which ugh, like that's still happening. I know, but I have to probably agree with him because yeah. I'm I sorry, but like diamonds are very expensive. You're not just going to like, go and she's buy. successful on her own. I'm sure own, she could right? afford it. So she probably yeah. bought her own thing, but yeah, no, I know. It'd be really funny if the ring that he actually legitimately bought her in real life for her engagement was like one tenth the size of the fake ring that I she know. bought herself. And said I was know. Her <laughs> it would be like but you don't would, downgrade to be like, engaged. Would she be okay? How would she explain that? <laughs> so I want to know what if Tom comes out as being successful in London? I mean, we've heard from your husband and my husband that like in London they make a lot less money. Yeah. Than they do than we yeah. do here. In almost every country, they make less money than we do. So let's say he doesn't make that much money and he doesn't buy her a huge ring mm -hmm. because I That's think I just said no. I know, but would she be okay with that? Totally. Just getting the ring would be enough for her. I I totally okay. believe that because I I I question whether like what it is that is so attractive to her about Tom. Is it the sunken cost of four years? No way. No way. She had him on the hook for those four years as a backup plan because she wants the partnership. Yeah. Okay. The sunk cost is her entire life thus yeah, far that she true. sees as being incomplete. That's true. Because she didn't have Well, and I think, I hope that, because it's so interesting to me, like when I, we both have family abroad, Yes. you know, and I just think that like, 
the United States is so unique in there. Uh, the importance that women put on big diamond engagement rings. It's so funny you say that, Lisa. Can I just interject yes. really quickly? Don't lose your point, train of thought. I have been like going down this rabbit hole of lab-created diamonds lately. Because I didn't know they existed, and my mom mm-hmm. mentioned it to me like casually the other day. And I looked it up, and it's actually a fact that now they make diamonds in a lab that are chemically, molecularly identical, such that even a jeweler cannot tell the difference, because there is no difference. It's uh-huh. just they were made in a lab through the same pressurization as the earth makes them with. And so now there's this whole thing of millennials saying, well, what the hell do I care if it's, I mean, first of all, if it's from the earth, it's probably a blood diamond, so screw that. And then I can just get it for like way cheaper. And literally there is absolutely no difference. And you just think about the fact that people would spend exponentially more money for something, myself included, because I have real diamonds from the earth. Not a lot, but I have, you know, my engagement ring, for example. And it's like, oh my, and now I feel so stupid. It's like, we could have spent so much less money for the exact same thing. But there are a subset of people, a very large subset of people, who would think that that was the most gauche, like, tacky thing. So I'm just sorry. I just wanted to interject that because you're making this point about Americans and... Well, it's it's interesting because when we go to Portugal, I remember when my cousin, who's my age, when she was engaged, she wears just her wedding band. She doesn't wear her engagement ring anymore mm-hmm. and I remember when I went over there and she saw my ring and my ring's not I cute love your ring. it's very simple um you have it, a just so for, for listeners Lisa has a beautiful wedding set she has a solitaire engagement ring coupled with and it's an eternity band yeah right? it's an, an eternity, eternity band. wedding yeah. band but the I mean but the solitaire it's just on like white gold it's not anything super fancy and I remember she looked at it she's like oh my gosh that's so crazy she goes you should because she's married to an American Mm-hmm. And who has been living in Portugal for many years? His family was Portuguese, and they moved back there. But his he has American family in New Jersey, and she's when <laughs> land she, of the big diamond. <laughs> when she goes there, she's like, "Oh, you should see his cousins. They have these <laughs> yeah. huge diamond rings." And I said, "Yeah, this one's not that big. It's not that flashy." But she says, "She's like, yeah, you my." She showed me her engagement ring, and it's just a tiny little pebble of a of yeah, a, like a like, pave almost. Yeah, it's very tiny. And she's like, "Isn't it beautiful?" And she's like, "I keep it in my in my drawer." She's like, "I'm not going to wear it because I'm not engaged anymore. I just wear my band, and it's just like uh-huh. a solid gold wedding band, which is what most of the women in Portugal wear after they get married." So to her, it's just so strange that I still wear my engagement ring. That's what we do, though. But it is what we do. But she's like, it's just so, she's like, oh, that's like in New Jersey. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's so funny because, you know, you I notice that even in a lot of European countries, or I guess a lot of countries, they don't put a lot of importance on a huge flashy diamond. No, they don't. It, and then when they get married, it's just a very simple band. I mean, I have my grandmother's wedding um, rings, and they're very simple. We have a, a sort of distant family member in Paris and I remember when she got engaged her fiance presented her with a beautiful ring from like a very high-end jewelry store in San Francisco because they were actually visiting here at the time it was like a De Beers or mm-hmm. I don't think it was De Beers but it was like a really expensive like brand name diamond store mm-hmm. and um, I remember we were all kind of taken aback because she went she had him take her back to the store after he had presented the ring that he had picked out for her Mm -hmm. so that she could like make sure there wasn't another one that she wanted which is fine like Mm -hmm. that was just but I mean people in general I think thought she was kind of high maintenance and that didn't help and then because she's not really high maintenance in my opinion I actually really love this girl and um 
then when she got married, because in France, it says they're suggesting, she just wears a wedding ring. Right. She just wears a plain, it's either gold or silver or platinum, I don't remember, but just a plain metal band. band. So it didn't even matter, the ring, it was just, right. she's very fashionable. Right. So for her, it was just like, oh, it's a fashion choice for this year that I'm engaged and I'm going to be wearing this thing. God knows what happened to that ring. I mean, I'm just, right. I assume she has it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but... it seems, it's so interesting. Anyway, so so it's, I'm curious because is Tom going to... I think he would flash it way up, though. He I have might, to say. Well, knowing who she is, he might. Well, and again, now that we know about simulated diamonds, or lab-created diamonds, first of all, and then there's the fact that once you get lower-quality diamonds, they mm-hmm. can get bigger and bigger right, and bigger right. and be less expensive. And, like, the average Joe on the street is not going to be able to tell that it's a BS1 or a whatever. Right, I, don't, right, I don't even right. remember. What yeah, the, the, I don't know what the grade names are, but you know I what I mean. Either. Like, you can get no, bigger totally. and bigger and bigger and not be necessarily getting exponentially more expensive. But yeah. you raise such a good point. And by the way, just as an aside about New Jersey, you know Joe Giudice was recently deported. <gasps> yes. And we saw a few... You, know, I mean, you all know who I'm talking about. Joe Giudice being the husband of Teresa Giudice, um, Real Housewife of New Jersey. He's in this ongoing saga. I actually thought that, in a way, his sort of story of serving his sentence, which was pretty long yeah. for just tax fraud or whatever, right. which is not a not serious offense, but he really served his time. Yeah. And then to be immediately placed in detention, right. which is the same thing. It's just jail. Yeah. It's custody. So that he could be deported while he's in an active legal appeals process. And yeah. he has all this family here. Like, he's not a flight risk to anywhere probably but Italy. Right. Where the, where the rest of his family is. He almost seemed to mean like a cautionary tale for what's going on right now. With, um, you know, cu- you know, immigration custody yeah. and all this. And the was... fact that he had to agree to be deported to fight his appeal just to get out of custody was after this long sentence where he's been separated from his young daughters, four young daughters, I thought it was kind of a cry in shame. That was so sad. It's like, where do you think he's going to go? And he's not one of those people that she just brought over to marry. Like, he's he's been been here here forever. forever. He's either going to be here or he's going to be in Italy. Like, where is he going to go? Like, that's the thing. And he's not, he's... What the hell is a flight risk when you're talking about deportation anyway like he's gonna I flee know. within the united states away from his whole family he's not gonna set foot outside of new jersey all he wants to do is be with his daughters i mean but i just thought it was that's a sad. very tragic case that, that whole family is very tragic i feel very horrible for those girls can you imagine no i could not imagine And he's so thin and gaunt and you know he's clearly just I think about the he's joe defeated yes i think about the joe ridiculous like wine swilling you know, yeah. chauvinist kind of really frankly, you know, probably really just undereducated right. um, guy sort of swinging his dick around New Jersey and doing stupid shit and then having his entire life just implode like that I and mean, to be it, deported away just, from his daughters. It's like, did he really deserve that? I mean, it, yeah, he's devastated. I mean, that that whole situation, that family is devastated. He's like the poster boy for, do we really need to make a federal case out of this? Exactly. I agree. He's just an idiot. It, and he's, a, there's so many, I'm sure, other people where it would make more sense to deport them yeah, because mean, of on. the crimes they've committed. But he was here legally. They're just I kicking know. him out now because he committed a felony. But it's like he did his time. You know, yeah. take away his right to vote or jury duty or whatever the fuck and then yeah. call it a day. You know? I know. Take away his house. And again, if he didn't have kids, it would be different too, yeah. I think. 
Why do they still live yeah, that there? Stupid Toico. Why do they still have that fucking mansion? I don't understand. And the cars. How and can everything. you have? How can you still be a housewife and have all this shit if you were? In jail she's for paying, tax she's paying back the money. I think that she did so well. She hustled so hard. And she's a celebrity. And she managed to actually outpace her debts. And I also think that the government, and this is not gospel truth, you know, yeah. I don't check my sources. But I believe that they, they tried to sell the house to satisfy the initial reparations payment and they wouldn't sell because it's a fucking monstrosity. Yeah. And it's in a market where you it's don't see flooded. houses that large. So if, yeah. if it's just a sitting sort of duck, right. then there's no sense. point. It's not worth the money that went into it. I it's think that's what happened. And then, and then she dug herself out of the hole in time that they weren't able to find a buyer. That's basically. insane. That's I, my guess. It's just insane. He just looks so sad and I feel very sad I, I think that him. whole family, it's very sad. They've been like ruined. It was, it's one of those like, oh, you got ruined by fame things. Because I swear to God, he never would have gotten caught. Oh God! If they the, weren't yeah. on the show. Yeah. He maybe wouldn't even have committed the offenses. But even if he did, I think a judge handling their case even said or someone said like the u.s attorney or whoever said yeah we were watching them on the real housewives and they had all this stuff and they shouldn't have had it and we were like mm-hmm. oh it's like the g-man driving too nice of a car right you know yeah, yeah yeah well and you know what the only person i think that benefited from this entire sad tragic situation is Teresa. but she's not benefiting because she lost what she actually wanted what she really wanted was to be an italian housewife with a decent amount of money and a bunch of kids yeah, but, and that's what she had and but now she she's had that it. but she's but as we've gone through her life and like since that, we've, I mean, you recognize he was a cheating bastard. Yeah, but she was okay with that. Yeah. That's part of like, I don't want their to say culture. their culture because no, but it's it kind is. of I think it is part but of I think it is culture. part of their culture. Like, okay, you know, like I know in France, it's pretty common for men to have affairs and women put and up have with it. I mean, even and they like have our, mistresses. our contractor was, he's Russian and oh. he tells, he, yeah, he tells us all the time about like how... It's very common for people I think people we forget that it's that. really only not normal here. He loves to tell the joke. He He's constantly like, America is the only country where, or pe- men in America have more wives than anyone in any other country because they divorce and they remarry. And exactly. they divorce, remarry, and divorce, remarry. Because but we in other countries, on this like puritanical view. Right, but other countries, they just have a lot of mistresses and everybody's kind of okay with it. I mean, even in Portugal. I mean, I have a, I have family where... They're married, and there was a mistress, and now there are half-siblings and yeah. grandkids, and it's crazy. But it's kind of just accepted as the norm, so I, I guess you're right. I think she would have been happy if nobody had disrupted her little life. She's like a fame monster now. I mean, mm-hmm. she's like one of these people that's going to OD one day, you know? I just Not to take that kids, lightly, but... Though, I feel like the kids are going to really... Although she doesn't suffer. seem like she has a drug problem, so I shouldn't say OD, but... Kind of OD on fame, if you will. Yeah. You know, like maybe end up back in prison. You know who I really, up, you know who I really feel sorry for. Who's the Gabriella? No, Melania. No, no, no. Melania will hold her own. Melania is scary. She's scary, but I don't, I don't worry about her. Gabriella is like the weird Gabriella middle child is that the, doesn't get any She's the attention. one who doesn't look like any of the other three. No, she's like she's the hairy. Beautiful. Yeah. She's gorgeous. She doesn't look like the other ones. She gets no attention. She's very quiet. 
She's very like in she's very introverted. She's beautiful. I just feel like she's the one who I worry about because But Lania, there's a whole nother one that you're completely forgetting about. Adriana. Adriana. Yeah, she's the little but she's the baby. So she's got a lot of, you know, her own and she seems like she's like Melania, she's gonna hold her own. Gia is old enough, she's more whatever. And she's in college now, whatever. But it's Gabriella because she kind of gets lost. Melania is a middle child who doesn't get lost because she's loud. Mm-hmm. But the other one, she's got her music career. Maybe it would be better for Gabriella to not really get attention in that family. Yeah, she could just kind of like slowly. She's gonna find like the 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 businessman in New yeah, York and like extract. live her own life. And and she's gonna Teresa's, change her name. She's Teresa's not gonna know anything about her. Yeah. She's gonna be like. Yeah, Gabriella's living somewhere in California. I don't even have her phone number. (laughs) That's so funny. All right. Okay, moving on to the next couple. Moving on to the next couple. Okay, so let's talk about Jennifer and Tim. Oh, this is... Do you want to talk about them? So I have to say something about Tim, and I really don't want to offend anyone. I don't know if this is an offensive thing to say. I don't mean to be offensive. I think Tim is gay. Yeah, and Tim is a homosexual, which there is nothing wrong with of course i think he's just in the closet he's in the closet yeah i think that he grew up this fat kid right admittedly he said he was a fat kid who didn't get any attention which i think he did in this like you know subconscious way to avoid opening himself up to kind of sexual awakening because on some level he knew that his sexual awakening was not going to be acceptable in his society because it was going to be with guys. Right. And he's very been very like insecure about himself. Right. So he goes extreme, right? He loses a lot of weight. He's like super manscaper. Manicured. Very well manicured. Style, fashion. Style, fashion. He's like... Even his job is like an artistic, yeah, very he, polished, you know... Very well put together guy. Pretty. To an extent, but he's still, and so he's gotten the physical confidence, right? But he's still not able to have the confidence to just come out. And I think he's choosing these particular women. All of these women, apparently, that he's been been with have been Latina for some reason. Like, there's something about them and the way they present themselves. They're very masculine energy. That's what I think. I think it's a masculine energy. They're aggressive. Energy. They're, I mean, like, if you look at Jennifer and Tim, they, they sort of have this role reversal, right? She's sort of like, why isn't he trying to have sex with me? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you trying to have sex with me? Same thing with Veronica, his ex, who now, magically, they're friends. And it's so funny because Jennifer... But she's got a very masculine very energy, masculine. too. I mean, she's gorgeous, but she's got she's a very gorgeous. masculine energy. Like, she's the strong one in their relationship. She reminds me of Kelly Clorin Ben-Simone. Like, she yeah, has that voice. That voice. And also, I, I find Kelly Ben-Simone very masculine. Yeah. And um, I completely agree with you. And it's so funny because Jennifer says she kind of put her finger on it. And this was what really turned me into the he's definitely gay mm-hmm. <laughs> mindset that I'm currently in. When Jennifer was FaceTiming with Veronica, and Jennifer just could not understand how Tim and Veronica could just be friends. And Jennifer's like, this is just weird, right? And you could see her trying to figure out in her mind why it was so weird. And the reason is that normally exes cannot be as close friends as Tim and Veronica are, but they can be because they can have a truly platonic relationship mm-hmm. because he has no interest in her sexually. And they and they mask it as we're co-parenting. Yes. But in none of Tim's it's conversations with Veronica is he talking about the girl. And of course, Veronica's smart enough to ask how the sex is going with Jennifer because Veronica knows he's gay. 
Right. So she knows that there ain't no sex. Right. You know? And I don't know if the champagne has, room. I don't know that Tim has admitted it to Veronica. But That's she's, the question. But she's figured it out. Yeah, I don't think he's admitted because it. Because otherwise, it. like, even, like, when you have, like, a male-female platonic relationship. Like, I have male friends. But I would but never... But they're not your ex-husband. Or... No, 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 no. But I would never ask their new girlfriend, what's... Are you guys having sex? Or, like, anything about so their intimacy. Weird. It'd be so awkward and, like, what is it... But she wants to know because she's like, I want to confirm probably her suspicions. Yes. But it, it is weird. Like, it, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I, I wasn't originally on board with that. But the, when I saw all of the episodes and I got towards where I am now, now I'm totally like. To me, it's obvious. It's very clear that he, he is for sure. All right. We're taking a break, guys. All right, we're back with our co-host, Odette. PD, you want to say hi? Say hi. No, she's not. She's she just woke up. Blank. She's staring blankly into space. All right, so let's finish up Tim and Jennifer. He's so, gay. What else is there to say? I, <laughs> I mean, that kind of puts well, a period think, on it. Well, okay, and I have to say, I can't believe he used the, the engagement ring to Veronica to propose to her. That was so stupid. That was really stupid. And I I really did sympathize with her in this position because, no, my husband did not do that. But he wanted, to, and I know this is going to sound stupid to a lot of you, but he owns a tuxedo. And he bought it during, when he got married the first time. And so when we got married, he's like, I'll just wear my tuxedo. And I'm like, you cannot wear the same tuxedo you no. wore to marry your ex-wife. That's bad luck. And he's like, but I own it. It's my tuxedo. And I was like, I'm sorry. You're going to have to either buy a new one or rent one for our wedding. So he did. He ended up renting a tuxedo for our wedding. I mean, I get it. I see it. But I but understood. No. But I was just like, I, it was too much. It's the same reason why I can't go to Kauai because they got married in Kauai. I don't even like Kauai. Well, good. So I, That sounds like the most like privileged white girl thing anyone's <laughs> ever said. But it rains a lot there. Go I am Maui. not. Well, and also, I am, I am an admitted vacationer, not a traveler. And my distinction is... I like to sit by a pool and read, or sit on the beach and read, or just chill out for a week. Substitute read for drink, and I'm with you. (laughs) Well, that's a given. That's a that's a given. But I also, but I'm not one of those people that's like, let's go to Kauai and hike every day, and like, there's so many hiking trails and all this. Yeah, (laughs) I'll just say that for the record. That's why I don't want to go to Kauai because like Kauai has a lot of out. Because I remember my husband saying they have a lot of outdoor things to do. I'm like, that sounds like my worst nightmare. Like, why would I want? That's not a vacation. I right, agree. Odette? Katie's clapping. Say, yay! That's true. She says, you're preaching to the Go choir. Go, Auntie Lisa. <laughs> okay. So, they're ridiculous. I can't believe he had proposed. I think it's crazy. I think they should break up. She doesn't... I mean, he doesn't want to have sex with her. I think that that's all there is to it, is that ultimately, I think they're never going to do it, or if they do, it's going to be so bad that she's not going to be able to avoid the obvious conclusion, which I think she's already come to. Yeah. For her, it's pure sunk costs, and it's mm-hmm. the fact that she has a daughter involved, and she yeah. wants to have this stability. She wants this guy to be right, and I think she's willing to forego her own attraction to him, mm-hmm. but he at least has to be attracted to her, well, and if that's not there, then she knows it's not going to work. The things that are so fascinating to me about Jennifer and somebody like Pow is they find these very meek milk toast milk toast guys in America when all the guys they've been with are these very passionate Latinos who are very sexually aggressive yeah. 
And, but that's their culture. Like it's very, in our culture, in American culture, it's, it's frowned upon, especially now with everything that's coming out to be this aggressive sexual man. Right. Totally. And so that's why he's trying to paint it as I'm being very respectful. I think he's also not very attracted in that way. He but, seems to literally, I mean, I don't want to like make a claim that. I don't have a backup for, but I would go so far as to say it appears like you just can't get it up for her. I mean, it, there's it's like two scenarios where like this person you're apparently in love with who you've never had sex with. And they're like going for it and they're trying to actually do it. They're in bed, they're whatever, and it doesn't happen. And then he falls asleep or he's he's too in his own head. I mean, it's there's too much there that it just seems very... Where there's smoke, surprising. there's fire. I'm sorry. Well, and I'm curious if he ever had sex with Veronica. Exactly. And maybe that's why she's asking about it. Yeah, because they probably did, and that was probably the deal breaker where it was so awkward and it was so bad that she, even if she couldn't put her finger on at the time, probably realized this won't work. That was probably the only part of their relationship that didn't work. Yeah. Because they're still so close and they're co-parenting successfully. They're good friends. They're good friends. I think that the sexual part is just not there. Yeah. And if he would just accept, like, the will and grace of it all... Then maybe he could just live happily ever after with Veronica, and he could have his boyfriend on you know the side, and she can have whoever she ends and up with. And she'd be with. okay with that. She'd be fine with she'd it. She's not jealous because no. she knows that it's never going to be her. Right. It's never going to be Jennifer either. It probably annoyed her because Veronica looks like the type of person that would dress sexy, and he would just be like, hmm. Hmm. "That's what happened at his going away party." <laughs> Jennifer's the only one who noticed that her top was see through. Right. Nobody else did. Okay. Okay. Who's we only have one oh, couple left, right? Angela. Oh, okay. And let's Michael. basically skip over them. Yeah, They're Angela and Michael are stupid. I don't even know why they're still on the show. It's trash much- bag. The only thing I'll say, speaking of trash bag, is there's nothing funnier than me than both Angela and her daughter referring to pregnancy as tooting a baby. <laughs> tooting I can tote it. Who says tote? I can tote it. scenario. I'm a, I can tote it. A tote <laughs> is a purse, a large purse <laughs> with two shoulder straps. It is not... You know, a synonym for nine months of pregnancy. I did what say are that. they talking about? I, I think, like, the only person with a brain on that show is the daughter. Because she's but she said like, it, too. She did say, She's two. using it as a synonym for carry. Like, tote as carry. Which I get, but in the context of an egg, is very odd. Okay, Petey's making a move. Look at these toys. Sorry, guys. Do you want to play with toys? I'm a mom. Accept it. Okay. Love it. All right. So anyway, they're stupid. I wish they would just stop recording them because it's embarrassing. They need to be And off. I hate watching it. Yes. So we're not going to give them any attention. No. We're not going to feed the beast. It's stupid. She should not have a child with him. It's ridiculous. They're a totally unhealthy relationship. It's just everything about it is wrong. It's lowbrow. All right. So who is left? Who are we missing? Wasn't that it? No, oh, Akini and Oh yeah, Benjamin. Benjamin. This is rough. I mean, if you're you're I know you're up to date, and in the most recent episode, he goes to do the bride price thing and it seems like it's going wrong. And I don't know if this is just one of those like TLC staged things, but just to start, I would say something seems to be seriously awry. Like she had him get the groceries for the family. Yeah, and then, and then they then, said that's usually for a funeral. And they're, it seems like they're going to call her into the room to be like, hey, why did you do this? But let's get to the most important aspect of this, which is that she didn't tell him that paying the bride price is the marriage ceremony. And he broke down. I felt so sorry for him. It was like such a raw moment where he... But he's going back to America. Like, why does he care if he's married in Kenya? 
I think he cares because he's a Christian, so to him, like, marriage is spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Although here, if they're basing it on monetary exchange, that's, like, the least spiritual union you I can mean, have. right? I mean, no offense to the Kenyan culture, but, like, that doesn't actually seem like a marriage in Christ. The it parents just are seems, just like, how much can we sell her yeah, for? Yeah, it seems like just money. <laughs> money changing hands. Quid pro quo. Which, you're right. I mean, should be possibly something that he can kind of... Oh, you want to go sit with mommy? You know put to the side until they really like he could think of it as an engagement um but then my other question and i wish we had a well you're i mean you're a divorce lawyer so maybe you know i was wondering what the rules are with reciprocity when it comes to american recognition of a foreign wedding if it's true that it's legal in kenya that they're married and there's no paperwork but is it legal she said it was legal she said in kenya the law is which which is fine when the bride price is paid that's it, and you're legally married. So in America, I feel like we do recognize legal we do, marriages. Because I've I've divorced people in I just did a divorce for people who were married in Spain. Did they have paperwork though? Because that's the thing. Like this no, is, okay, they didn't have anything. They I didn't have a marriage married. license. They were married, but they're married in Spain. Um, and they had to go through a divorce here in order here, to separate. Okay, yeah. so that answers the question. So that's why he cares. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because if it is it. a legal marriage sense, there, I didn't even think about it. It's so weird. By default, he's married But we do here. that. Yeah, we do. Well, people and people who get married abroad, they got married in But I feel like then they come Mexico. home and they have to do a whole... Bit. Oh, the marriage license. Yeah, like um, I'm thinking of Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz from Vanderpump. Right. Like they supposedly got married in Mexico, but because they didn't actually do, do the, the proper paperwork, paperwork yeah. here, they had to do a whole nother marriage. Unless there was like... Unless there's paperwork in Mexico. That they didn't that do. That they didn't do, I think. Is the, yeah. yeah, you're right. That, and that could be the case. I mean, I know here, like, if you just do, like, a, a, a uh, what do you call it? A courthouse wedding? No, like, if you just do a destination wedding, you usually have the marriage license from the, state where, the states, and yeah. then you get it signed somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, that could be why. I don't know. I just feel like... They don't seem to have much of a connection. I think we don't see their connection because they're very um, reserved because of their religion. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just very strange. He he reacted very strangely to her getting drunk off of one margarita, which like, clearly yeah, means she doesn't drink that much. It's a religious much. thing, you know? He's like, okay, we're Christian. We're not supposed to get drunk. He's like, just a weirdo. It's a sin or whatever the hell. But I, I thought it was just very raw. Like how I think what it was was that he felt so guilty that he was making a decision that was borderline reckless that he would have made, as you've said, if it was just him. But he has a son. Right. And so he's like, well, can I take this chance? But again, it was totally a sunk cost thing, I think, where he was like, I found this woman. I love her. She loves me. She seems like she's not going to cheat on me and leave me like my ex-wife did, which is my opinion of what likely happened yeah. there. And um, can I let this go, even though it is... It is too fast. Mm-hmm. It is imprudent. And can I be imprudent when I have a son? Yeah. And, the, and also the fact that Akini didn't tell him yeah. that this was, was... So that creates some like questions as to her credibility, which makes it an even bigger risk. Yeah. So I actually, in my opinion, he shouldn't have done it. He should have just said, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. This was false advertising. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'd love to maintain the relationship with you, but you know, so, I didn't have enough information to make this, this decision right now. I so. feel like it's so crazy. I feel like all these people are, like, by the time they go visit them... They're so into it. They're like, so they lose invested. All, they lose all objecti- they lose objectivity. Totally. And common sense. 
in a lot of ways, especially these people that have children. I think you shouldn't be able to go on the show if you have children. I think it's like a common ingredient of the show, and it's it's part of the magic of the show that you have this like break with reality that mm-hmm. is created by just the sheer sunk cost of having been in such a loveless relationship. And what's interesting to me is that none of these couples met organically. Did any of them meet organically? Um, Angela and Michael, he reached her out to her on Facebook, which of course we've all so reached not out organically. to her on Facebook. Um, Tim and Ben met online. Jennifer and Tim online, I think. And Darcy and Tom. Darcy and Tom. Caesar I don't think we Maria. know how Darcy and Tom met. Because they met years ago, but they had never met in person. So right, so it had to be probably not online. Not on organically. I just meant like did, there was no none of these. We like, met on vacation. We met on vacation yeah. and fell in love. Where you could kind of see where there could be more of um, investment or more um, of a uh, what do you call it connection. Yeah. Because there was already that initial chemistry because they met in person the first time. Yeah, exactly. So it's weird this in the in this see in this before the 90 days um there's such a disconnect. There's is a there none of them are organic. Whereas yeah. in 90 Day Fiance, there's at least a couple of them where it's like, "Oh, we met on vacation." Well, and also in 90 Day Fiance, I think every single couple has already met in person before they come on the show. Well, yeah, they had they're to. They're at this stage where they could be applying. Which right. Means but they have to have met. I mean, theoretically, these before the 90 Day people would become 90 Day people. Exactly. But that's why I'm saying they never like, do, it's do weird they? that <laughs> I know. Funny. I don't so, think that has ever happened. But that's why I think it's weird that none of them have this organic sort of meat which is or organic sort of um initial relationship it's all very uh manufactured yeah it's so weird i don't know but it's It's, it's weird it's not manufactured by the producers of the show which is normally what you get in reality tv you have the bachelor whether it's like random people who are being put together by a show in a specific controlled setting and you watch the fireworks and that's great this is it has its own magic of people being crazy and choosing each other in a crazy way. Right. And just being able to like lump them into this category that it makes it easy to pick them out of a crowd, you know, like, oh, are you involved in a long distance right. relationship with a foreigner? Okay. Come come on our show. That's true. And you know, it's really interesting to me how I mean because like It's a self selecting population, in other words. People have to be a little bit off. It, it's it crazy. Cause so I met my husband online. I think we've talked about it before. Online is different, though. No, I know. But, I mean, all of them have met, have, quote, unquote, met online. No, but online where it's proximate and you have the ability to meet him anytime No, no, no but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But I'm saying, I understand when you meet somebody online and you communicate online, how you can have a, feel like. Connection. You're more connected. Like, I, by the time I met my husband in person. I felt like he was already my boyfriend, even though I hadn't met him in person. But part of you was holding back, right? Oh, of course. Part of you was like, he could be a troll, he could be a catfish, there could just be no physical connection. Part of you, because you're smart and you're not unhinged, held back and was like, Well, because okay. I knew that like this is just how we're meeting. Yeah. I wasn't thinking this, okay, we're going to meet and then be engaged. Well, you just didn't know for a fact. I think what I'm saying is that I think yeah. you held back on fully committing emotionally to him until you met him in person because you knew that that was a watershed. 
Of course. That is just a watershed. Of course. And no we have to see, like, it. of course, when you meet, you're hoping, God, I hope we have some connection. I hope yeah. that this date isn't like a total flop. And sometimes you just don't. And as sometimes much as you, you don't. want to. No, absolutely. And I've totally been guilty of going on a second or a third date with a guy that I met online because our, our online, not in-person connection had been so good that I wanted so badly to overlook the fact that our in-person connection was totally lacking. Right. And I gave it like two or three more dates than I really right. should have. If of I had course. just met him in a bar, I would have been like, next, you know. Right, of course. And I had a, I have a really close friend who says, never just go on one date with a guy. You have to at least go on two. Because... The first date yeah. could be an off night for either one of you. Or an on night. Or or an on night. Or you just don't know. So you should always give somebody two dates before you totally write them off or you decide, yes, they're worth continuing or pursuing. Yeah, that's how I ended up dating a gambling addict. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... But it's so interesting to me because I do remember having a connection within like three months of actually dating and knowing Chris, my husband... Uh, feeling like, oh my gosh, I could totally see myself marrying this person, but I certainly would not have married him after three months. No. <laughs> and he had a child, and he was very anxious for me to meet his son. He wanted me to meet his son, and I was the one who said, let's make sure this is going to be something that's going to be a little bit long-term before I start meeting anybody's children. Mm-hmm. Like, And we waited a little bit, and then I met him, and it was fine, and we ended up getting married, obviously, but like, it took a long time. Like, We've been together dating for 10 years but we've only been married for seven Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's not like we we had three years of like dating and being together because we were caution and also if it we weren't bringing some i mean we lived close together (laughs) you know we lived near each other that's the kicker so that's what makes this a reality show right and you and your situation just like boring (laughs) mine too i have a boring story too yeah my husband fell when we got married like there's no story about that right um and with these guys they have this perfect formula where it's so Mm -hmm. much more likely to go awry it's Mm -hmm. so much more likely that people will have these sunk emotional Mm -hmm. monetary etc costs that they just can't bring themselves to write off no matter Mm -hmm. how many red flags come up Mm -hmm. and um and again and also there's this other thing where you're setting yourself up for that untenable situation by even just merely considering someone who is so far away Mm-hmm. You're totally. setting yourself up for this long distance, yeah. this like, you know, sturm and drang mm-hmm. of what the K-1 visa process is and all this crap. I mean, the one that really comes to mind and you haven't, oh, unless, are they on before the 90 days is, is, um, Avery. Avery oh, and yes. Omar. So they're the classic okay, example. Yes. It's like, what are you thinking? Although, to be fair, right. she thought he lived in America when they, when, when they met, first when they met. Yeah. So she was. So let's talk to about that. Let's talk about Avery and Omar. Oh I for, I can't believe God. we forgot about Avery well, and Omar. You don't watch the other way, so then I get confused sometimes about because Avery's planning on moving to Syria. Right. So I thought, oh, is that actually a, the other way couple? Yeah. Okay. So Avery is. How old is she? Nineteen. 19. She's nineteen, and she was Muslim of six months. She. <coughs> so her backstory is she's basically like crazy wild child. Yeah. She was sleeping around. Talk about partying the other way. Yeah. She's just like drinking, partying, crazy Clearly high getting school. Getting down with men. Oh yeah, she had sex and all this stuff, right? <coughs> Excuse me. And she sort of met this guy online. Thought he lived in America. Yeah. 
Um, he was Muslim, so she converted to... No, no, that's not true. She oh. had converted. She had already converted, and then she went on a Muslim... Then she went on a, that's right. She went on a Muslim dating site, met Omar, thought he lived in America, realized later he was actually Syrian and lived in Syria. And it's very unclear what the provenance was of that misunderstanding. Yeah. I am suspicious of him. I am a little bit suspicious of him as well. And so she became very... Uh, traditionally Muslim. Like, she wears hijab. the hijab. She's very... She wears a lot of makeup. She does wear a lot of makeup, but... It's for... definitely in conflict with <coughs> the religion. Well, and also, she's very outspoken. She's very opinionated. She's very rebellious, which is not very Muslim. No. <laughs> Especially not. for a Muslim woman. It's a male-dominated society. And so, her mother, rightly so, is very concerned about this. All of a sudden, she became Muslim. All of a sudden, she's going to go marry this guy. She also, the thing, and the thing, the point that I made last time that I want to make again is there's a difference between being Muslim and being Middle Eastern. Right. Even if she thinks she understands that at one point she tries to quote the Quran to him about like an issue that he's taking and he's like, no, 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 it's not about the Quran. It's about my culture. Right. Which is very different. She thinks they're the same thing. She thinks if she understands, which I'm sure she does not, the intricacies and the nuances of a Muslim life and a Muslim marriage, even for the sake of argument, assume she does. She has no idea what it is like to be in a Middle Eastern family. No. Which I do. Yeah. It's really not what she thinks it is. Yeah. No. So it's, so anyway, she decides to go to Beirut. I love Beirut. In Lebanon. This was my favorite thing that I've ever seen on any iteration. I know. I was just there. And literally the hotel they're in is so close to my where I stayed, the apartment that my father-in-law owns. And it was just the most fun thing ever, watching my trip as it could have been. You know, I had two little kids. I was toting. Yes. I was toting two kids under three. And was with my husband and living with my in-laws. And I was not on, like, my honeymoon trip. But Beirut is the coolest city ever. And if anybody is, like, scared or anything, please try to go. Because it is so cool. Yeah. So they go there because he, she can't go to Syria. Um, and she, I think she could, but I don't think but she her would. mom wouldn't let her. So they meet in Lebanon, in Beirut, and she takes her mother with her because her mother wants to be there for the wedding. And her mom has like four other kids with her stepdad. I love her stepdad. He's very sweet. Yeah. And she calls him dad, which so I think cute. is very sweet. So and cute. so, and her mom is very caring and very skeptical as she should be. But she's still being supportive and you can see her struggling. You can see it on her face. And you and I can relate to this so oh, deeply. God, yeah. Try and of course, big kids means big problems, and you and I are, are not there yet. But like, I can see her, the parent in her, trying to figure out what the actually right thing to do is in this situation. You know, how much does she push back? How much does she support, etc. And I really love her for that. I think she just gets an A for effort. And she I don't know does. what the right answer is, by the way. No, I don't either. But she was like, I'm going to be supportive. My she, and she knows her daughter. Her daughter is. Super strong-willed, bullheaded. She's going to do what she's going to do. So her mom's like, if I want to be a part of this, I need to be a part of it. And they're problem solvers, right? Like Omar's kind of like a typical, I hate to say this, but typical guy. Yeah. Where he did no no legwork. (laughs) Didn't do anything. But of course he has very strong opinions about things like what she should wear. Right. So she goes to get her wedding uh, dress. Um, And then... They're supposed to get married, and he hasn't done anything. He hasn't gotten the the court papers. The court papers. He hasn't gotten the. Uh, is it a the, rabbi? It, no, 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 no. What's a, who's, um, who's what do they call it? It's essentially a Muslim priest. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> they haven't found Probably the church. Like an imam, I think. Yeah, they haven't found anything to do the actual 
ceremony. So they're scrambling. They're driving all over Beirut to try to find somebody. And that traffic is no joke. Yeah. So they're trying to find all of this stuff in like a short amount of time because the mom's going to go back. That um, day. It's like who scheduled it for like the day she was leaving. They should have done it the second day. Yeah. So they do eventually get married. And, you know, I think he does care about her. But he's not as emotive as she is. Like, I mean, Avery's like sad to be leaving. Well, so the mom leaves. And right before the mom leaves, they drop the bomb. Drop the bomb that <laughs> while <soon>. Avery. <laughs> yeah, I know. While Avery is going back to America, she plans to fly to Syria and live with him in Syria until his visa is approved so he can move to the U.S. Which, by the way, his visa is never going to get approved. It's never going to get approved. I mean, that's ridiculous. Syrian refugees can't even be in this country. And you think you're going to get them. So that's crazy. And Syria is a war-torn country. I mean, you guys have all heard of, um, what's the town? Aleppo? Aleppo. I mean, if you see any documentaries and you have read the scene I the should news, not have made that bomb joke. That was so, so in, inconsiderate. And but, I apologize to Syrians everywhere because it is devastation. It's devastating. I mean, the, the stories, the, the children, I mean, the whole thing, it's just Syria is being devastated well even lebanon has gotten crazy in the last few years again because of the so many syrian refugees are coming in right and it's creating a lot of issues just on the streets right. kind of and yeah. so there's been a lot of um turmoil um, of turmoil and um what's that what are they called hezbollah is just like all over the place now in lebanon you're doing that on purpose and and that's a country that's right next door where you yeah. would expect refugees to go yeah. And now she's going to try to get this guy into the States. Now, luckily, he's a periodontist. I mean, there's not much less sort of threatening than a periodontist. Yeah. I guess unless you're in the chair. <laughs> it seems pretty rough. But I, I feel... But she clearly did no homework, by the way. Talk about doing her homework. Yeah. If she'd even... Like, I think there's a, there's a sneak preview of her going to a lawyer who's going to tell her, like, this is literally never going to happen. And right. she's like, no. It's like, you could have found that out before you... You know, married the guy, or even like or really we, started talking to him. Like, does, does this have any hope? You know, of a good resolution. But she's okay with that too. Now they're talking she's not about. Okay with it. Well, no, but they've talked about how he's fine not coming to America. Yeah, but she. This is just her being immature. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of she this is about her being well, immature. No, because I think that like. I think that she legitimately wants to bring him over. And if it was easy to do, he would come over and then maybe their marriage would implode. Maybe it wouldn't. I mean, there are young people who get married yeah, and stay married. True. They could fall into that category. But this category of actually having to go and live in Syria is never, ever going to work. No. And she she should have realized. Naive. Yeah, she's completely naive. She's very immature in her like, I could do it. What are they going to do? She has this very 19-year-old invincible attitude of yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to go to a war-torn country, and what are they going to do? Yeah, nothing's going to make you feel less invincible than a bomb falling right next to you. Yeah, so I, I it's just crazy. And then her mom brings up, what if you have a baby? I mean, my in-laws... That's true. My in-laws were in Lebanon during the war, the Civil War, when they had their first child, my sister-in-law, and they were living in like a bunker because there were bombs everywhere. And the reason, one of the reasons they ultimately decided to move to the States was they literally could no longer get her formula. They couldn't source her formula anymore. It was just like, the store shelves were empty. So it was like, how are we supposed to have a baby here and keep a baby safe? Yeah. And the, what's going on in Syria, I think, is worse oh, than I'm what sure. happened in the Lebanese Civil well, War. But I don't want to say that with confidence, but I think that it's worse. Well, and then not only that, but I mean, think about the logistics. 
you're an American living in Syria. You have a baby. You don't speak the language. You don't speak. The, what's the? What are the chances that you're going to be able to bring that baby back to the United States without having any issues? I just don't even know what would happen to her over there. I'm just like thinking of not without my daughter. Exactly. <laughs> Alfred Molina, that sick son of a bitch. Oh my God, that those movie was heartbreaking. That is an old movie for those of you out there who are younger. Sally Field. Sally Field and Alfred Molina, not without my daughter. He plays a, an Iranian man married to Sally Field, an American here. He says, oh, we need to go back to Iran for like, I think a short period of time. They were going to visit his family and she was very wary of doing that with her daughter, with their child. But she goes and his intention was to stay permanently there and she did not know that. And the law there is that the man decides everything. Yeah, and he said, you can go back home, but you're not taking my kid. And she was like... And that's the law there. That's the whole thing. So the whole thing is about her trying to get back with her kid. All right, we're going to take a quick break. All right, guys, sorry about that. Okay, so Omar and Avery, I, 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 I love the mom because she is pushing back and asking the tough questions, but she's also being supportive. She's scared. She's terrified. I would be too. It's like if you have this I would kid be terrified. that... And I bet she's had this problem with Avery for Avery's whole life where Avery's so stubborn and bullheaded and also so ill-equipped to make the decisions that she's being stubborn and bullheaded about that she probably gets herself in trouble all the time. And this is probably maybe the first time in her life that she's making a decision that could have like real lasting consequences. Oh, for like, sure. Like what if she has a baby? What if she gets stuck in Syria? I mean, what if she is... dies in Syria? Yeah. Like this is... This isn't just some like cheerleader who's slightly out of control, maybe dabbling in some, you know, recreational drug use, which I'm not downplaying that. Those are real problems. But I think Avery has like reached her zenith. She's reached her zenith (laughs) of like stupid decisions and she's in this really, I would say, um grotesquely sort of bizarre situation. Yeah. You know, to have taken on this like religion all of a sudden and to be traveling the world when she's never left Ohio to meet this man. And, you know, and my issue with all of this, my biggest issue is that I cannot for the life of me get a read on Omar. Yeah. So if he's really a good guy, then I'm not really worried about this. If he's really a good guy who loves her, you know, I think that he wouldn't allow her to be in a really dangerous situation. Maybe there are parts of Syria that are not in contest. I don't know. I don't know. I don't pretend to know. So it could be that he's a good, intelligent guy who, whose only vice is naive 19-year-old girls, which God knows why he would have fallen in love with her. But, you know, love is love. So if it is love and he didn't lie to her about where he lived and this and that, okay. But if he's actually, like, seeking a green card and this and that, mm-hmm. and that's my worry, and I could totally see him being that person. I just yeah. can't tell either way. And if he it's, is, it's then hard she, to read. she's fallen right into that trap, if it is a trap. Well, I thought it was really funny when the mom is, like, was was expressing her concerns and he said and uh avery said well he could just find anybody to like you know hook up with and get a green card and she's like she did he He did did. he found you (laughs) why do you think you're like outside of this category of like dumb american girls i know because that's my problem is she is so immature and um she seems kind of empty-headed yeah and it could be that she's so good at Mm -hmm. parroting 
sort of the Quran mm-hmm. and the Muslim religion that she, and that she, it was like this perfect storm of her having like genuinely committed mm-hmm. to this religion mm-hmm. probably not for very long but for whatever like period of intensity she's sort yeah. of undertaking it that that could have really genuinely attracted him to her yeah. like there aren't many American girls who yeah. are well, I, maybe sometimes there are actually those guys I don't know. do get attracted to that um, but yeah I don't know anyways we will see. They are TBD. married. Yeah, they're, well, yeah, they're married. Yeah. They're married. So TBD. But I don't think she's going to go to Syria. And if she did, I think she'd leave again in, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean. Because it's scary. It is scary if she can. And I think he probably insulated her a lot in Beirut even from. Well, it's surprising. Like, if you really, would he want her to go to Syria? Well, that's my question. So it's yeah. like, if he's really a good guy and it isn't safe for her there. He's not going to want her to go. Yeah. He's certainly not going to want to have her, her to have a baby there. But then again, you know, this is the thing about Lebanon that I've learned from being in a Lebanese family. They, people in Lebanon have lived with a, under a constant threat of violence and, and devastation and, frankly, explosions yeah. for decades. Mm-hmm. But for them, there is no threat because mm-hmm. they're so used to it. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of, like, you can get used to anything. Yeah. So it could just be that he's so used to it that... He doesn't see it as a danger, yeah. but we do because yeah. we're not used to it. And to us, it's an unacceptable risk. That's true. And to him, it's not. So that may not even really reflect on how much he loves her. That's so crazy. All right, guys. Well, I think that we can wrap it up now. Yes. Hopefully, we'll be back before. We'll be back soon, I promise. Before another, like, six-month break. I promise, break. I promise, I promise. Yeah, everyone yell at Lisa <laughs> on our Facebook page. I'll use all caps. It's very effective. Yes. All right. All Thanks, right. guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Legal disclaimer, this is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.